0: I don't know about you but I have a real expectation today and thank you this morning and especially for leading it's been awesome Lou and um, it's just great being here but has anyone else here got some sort of expectation because you've all come out Sunday morning you could be in bed reading the newspaper but you got here for something right so if you got here for something I think we should actually step into it what do you reckon yeah. So how about you stand up with me, just for a moment, because let's pray in, let's pray together, because it's not dependent upon me, as you know, and Mark would have told you many a time, it's dependent upon your openness of heart to a living God who's mighty and powerful and here today, and wants to do something. He doesn't just want us to hear something, he wants to do something. So how about we join together, and maybe you start praying as you feel, I'll start praying, but let's just start praying into this next Partners worship was awesome tonight. Today, hey, hey, Nicky's my gonna be one of my favorite worship leaders, but and so are you, so, 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 you're very good. You're very good. So, uh, but, uh, we should pray before I get in any more trouble. Let's do that. So Father God, we just want to exalt you right now. We do shout out hallelujah. And we say, God, you are the God who wants to bring change to our lives. You are the God who's going to bring breakthrough. And therefore, God, we come before you and we come with open hearts. We come with open minds. And we say, Holy Spirit, who is alive and well, the gift of God to us, move over us, move in us, change our lives, move on this world Father God, love in us and love through us, I pray, in your powerful name. Amen. Everyone said, Amen. Good, you can sit down for a while. Um, hopefully, I won't bore you. So, I've, I've got a few kids, right? And, um, and I've got a few grandkids. And grandkids are great. They're actually in your children's, your um, Sunday school children's church, whatever you call it over here. But they're there today. But one of my kids, they, they tend to come out with a little bit of wisdom every now and then, right? And you might think this is wisdom. I actually thought it was a little bit of a disrespect. (laughs) But they actually suggested as I was being stupid one day, one of my little ones said, grow up. (laughs) Now, hello. I I just think today God wants to say to us, will you grow up? So just turn to your neighbour and say, grow up. Will you do that for me? Just say, no, not like that, right? (laughs) Like, Grow up, okay. Just, I, it's interesting. As a child, we all want to get older, right? We act as though we're adults when we're little kids. Then, when we get as adults, we act like kids, right? Yeah, because we don't want to be old. I don't want to tell you my age, right? It's a secret, it's a number we don't use in my house, okay? (laughs) We don't talk about that. We don't, when we get old, we don't want to be there, but when we're young, we want to be like the older ones, right? I remember growing up once, um, I remember when I finally got my license. It took four goes, and the last go, I had to cheat to get it, right? Um, and if you saw my driving today, you'd probably understand that. So I got my license, and I remember I was so excited. My dad, who had a, uh, my age, I had a holding Kingswood, right? And yeah, the old Kingswood. So I got the keys to the Kingswood. now. Actually, my dad's car, you didn't really need a key because you could have just done it with a screwdriver. But, but he did give me the key. And he said, go for a drive, Steve. And I remember sitting in the car for the first time in the driveway, put the key in, and there was no one else in the car. And I'm behind the steering wheel. Ah, oh, it felt like independence. Woohoo! I backed out the driveway. I went for a drive down the street. I went to the, the, the um, shopping centre and I parked the car. A little bit over the line, but don't worry. And, And I was like free. I walked away from my car thinking, I'll just leave you. I'll come back to you later. I go inside. I come back out. Get in my car by myself. The independence. And it's like all of a sudden now, my father has given me the ability to be on my own and to live life as an adult. It was something about that. And I got a feeling that the Father God wants to say, I don't just want you to come to me all the time for I've got to have this, I've got to have that, that. He doesn't want us to be a people that are constantly like a child that's drinking the milk. He wants us to grow up and be independent and to have the meat. And that scripture that the people love to throw at pastors, you know, you only teach milk. He actually wasn't talking about the preacher. He was talking about the hearer. He was actually saying, stop just coming to me for milk. I want you to have meat. Because if you have meat, you've got to go and kill something. And you've got to go and chop it up. And you've got to put it on the barbecue. And then you're going to eat it. It takes work. You're independent now. God wants us to grow. I want to suggest to you today, as we go through this little part of this message today is I'm not sure where you're at with your belief. You might be a believer in Jesus. You might not be. But somewhere along the line, you have to own your belief. And your belief has to be more than just a concept. It needs to become who you are. And God wants us to move from him just being the provider to him being our provision. There's a big difference there's a big difference to going to God as the provider and receiving him as our provision. And I think sometimes we're stuck with just the provider side. And I want us to look at a story today. It's in John. It's a great story. You would have read it. It was a time of Jesus. And Jesus has uh, just been speaking and people have been coming to him on the hill. And they were pretty excited about coming to this new teacher, this rabbi. And people are flocking in and Jesus notices it comes to tea time and it's a long way back to town and the deli's closed. So we're going to have to feed them. And so what he says to his disciples, guys, feed these 5,000 people who have come to church this morning. And they're going, you've got to be joking. We're too far away. We can't actually go into to the shops. And Jesus says, well, just do that. Just, just go. So they, someone came along and said, well, we found this little boy. Now, we talk about it being his lunchbox. It couldn't have been his lunchbox because he had five loaves. How many kids have five loaves for lunch? I mean, and, and all these fish. And he says, go to them. See, this boy was actually there selling. That's what he was doing. He was actually selling. That's what they did. When there was a, a group of people to make some money, they would get what they had and they would go and sell it. So all they could get was these loaves and these fishes. And he feeds all these people. 5,000 of them all had a great lunch. So much so that there was some left over to put back into 12 baskets. Where did they get the other baskets from? Because everyone had sold up everything they had. So he fills up these 12 baskets. Well, Jesus recognises that everybody's getting excited about this and they're ready to make him more than a prophet but the Messiah and he's going, it's not ready yet. So Jesus sneaks out the back door, it says. He sneaked away Well, I think the disciples were probably busy getting what was left over. The disciples don't know where Jesus has gone. So they decide, well, let's go back onto the other side of the river to Capernaum. Let's go back to Capernaum and let's go and uh, go over there because Jesus will turn up sometime. So they're on their way back on their boats or their boat. They're taken off and a storm comes and Jesus does that great thing that everybody wants every Christian to do, walk on water, right? And so he calls, they look around and there's Jesus walking on the water. I think this is an interesting, I won't go into that, I'll mess your theology up. So he comes, he walks on water, they jumps in the boat, they get to the other side. And this is where we pick up the story. You see, The multitudes had come to see Jesus preach. They liked it so much, he did a great trick, fed them all out of nothing, and they went, this is cool, let's go and see him again tomorrow for some more food. So they turn up again, but he's not there, and they notice the boat's gone, but everybody said, we didn't see Jesus in the boat. See, sometimes people are looking for Jesus, and they're thinking that he's here, and they're going and looking for him in the wrong place, But Jesus is somewhere else. He's actually over in Capernaum. So they all jumped in their boats and they went, let's go and find him. We've got to find this Jesus because we want more of that miracle stuff. That was real fun. We want to see some more tricks. So they all jumped in their boats to take off to see if they could find him and they find Jesus. And this is where we pick up the story because this is where we pick up Jesus instructing us that he can be more than just a provider, but he wants to be your provision. Let's have a look at this story. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw that the disciples had taken the only boat and they realised that Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, notice they're calling him Rabbi. He was a rabbi of authority, which meant that he was one that could actually teach. So they're looking for him to be a teacher. But see, they're looking for him to be something bigger than that. When did you get here? How did you get here? Was there, Did you just fly across there? What, what happened? Uh, he didn't want to tell him that he walked on water, so he didn't tell him. So he says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. He saw through their reason for chasing after them. And he says, Not because you understood the miraculous signs, but don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you, for God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. You know, I think in church today we've got people running around to different churches, different Sunday morning services, looking for either a feel good experience or looking for someone to feed me. But if you're coming to church to be fed, I'm sorry, you're either going to get very fat and not be able to walk out of here, or you're going to be disappointed and want to go somewhere else. But you see, what Jesus is saying, that's why you've come, but why don't you seek after and spend your energy seeking the eternal life? I'm hoping and praying that today, You are here, if you're listening on the podcast, that your desire is more than just to listen to a podcast while you're on the treadmill, just to keep your attention off the sweat and the energy you're losing right now, but that you are really eager to find the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. Because I've got a feeling that Jesus is saying to us, grow up, grow up in your faith. Grow up. You can't just stay at this level. I want you to step to the next level. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. Then he says, they replied, we want to perform God's work too. What should we do? Hey, we want to do that miracle stuff. What do we have to do? Jesus told them, listen to this everybody who works really, really hard. This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. That's work? That's work? See, the word there, believe, is a little bit more than just, oh yeah, I believe. It actually means to take hold of, to work on making that part of who you are. It's more than just a mindset. It's a lifestyle. Put your energy in this. Put your energy in that, in believing. They answered, show us a miracle, a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? Do have a little trick for us? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scripture says Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. I should have my notes. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, can you give us that bread today? We like that bread. That sounds pretty good. I'll have some of that bread. Is it hot? Uh, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. There's a great truth here. Can you see the shift? Take me in. I'm the provision. After all, our ancestors ate. Oh, hang on. I've got. Did I miss out part of my verse? There's another great part of that verse that's missed out on. Hang on. Excuse me while I just open up my iPad. It says, I must have missed a bit. Oh, no, that's right. Yet yeah, Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. Mmm, what are you saying here, Jesus? I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever, and this bread which I will offer so the world may live is my flesh. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? I will, th- that bread that I offer, which I will offer so the world may live, that's my flesh. He goes on to say some pretty other weird stuff that, if uh, you, you, it's hard to understand. He starts saying, if I'm the bread, I want you to eat my flesh and I want you to drink my blood. Now that's pretty weird, right? Yeah. But, but it goes on. Really what he's saying is, I want you to become part of who you are. Are. I want you to be part of who you are. Let me tell you some things I learned from this passage that helps me understand my journey of growing up, my journey of going to the next level, my journey of starting to become not independent of God, but learning that the things that God has taught me and it becomes part of who I am. See, I have five boys, and uh, four of my boys are still with us today. One of them left a little while ago, which was unfortunate, but four of my boys. I've seen them grow up. And when they were children, they were dependent totally on us. Now they're becoming more independent. But you know what? It's scary. Don't tell any of my boys this. But I'm seeing Maggie and myself in my boys. They're reflecting who we are. They wouldn't want to say that. But I see lots of what they do and how they think and their work habits. And it's such a reflection of their parents you see when we grow up we start to reflect the very father of heaven who has become part of who we are so I want us to look at how do we actually get to the place where we're actually reflecting and we actually become the provision they wanted to do the miracles of Jesus let me tell you the miracles of Jesus are actually going to live in you rather than be something that you do there's something that you become so it starts off in the wilderness, and here we are in the wilderness, and it starts off as saying, Jesus, our forefathers back in the wilderness, you know what happened? Moses. Moses supplied us food from heaven. You see, it starts in the wilderness. Let me tell you, your journey of faith starts in your wilderness, it starts in the wilderness of need. It starts in the wilderness of emptiness. Our move to God generally starts in a place of need. If I asked you how you came to Jesus, somewhere in there you felt a need. There was a need that you, need, you had. You know, there was a lady that came to Jesus. She was sick for 18 years, bleeding. And she comes to Jesus. She had a need. Her need brought her to Christ. And she fell down and she grabbed the edge of his tunic, which would have been like a press shawl, and she grabbed hold of that. It was like a covering because she had a need. Jesus wants to meet you at your need. um, Who's the guy climbed a tree? Um, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was up in the tree. What was his need? He needed someone to come home and have lunch. He was lonely, he was separated, he had everything in the world but his need was engagement and Jesus came home and had lunch with him and changed his world. There's a need, there's a need of the blind man. It wasn't his physical need that was the issue, his need was that he was separated from society. His need was that he couldn't see clearly and Jesus said that he'd blinded the eyes of people but he also opens the eyes because he wants us to see. I was doing a Bible study with um, Esther House, a bunch of girls up there. And uh, I love doing that Bible study because it's just so much fun and we have such deep conversations. And we were talking about how God makes us a new creation. That scripture that says that he comes and makes us a new creation. And we're talking that through. And there was this girl that was very, very quiet. Just to my right, I can see her now. And as she's sitting there, she started to, to... Weep a little bit. I said, are you all right? And she said, if you knew my life, you know what I've been through. If you knew um, the journey that I've taken. She's been in prison. She's been on drugs. She's been abused. And she said, I would so love to start my life anew. I would so love to have all that taken away and actually start again. And you know what? She saw her need. And Jesus says that you've got a need. There's a need in this place today that he says in that place of wilderness need, he wants to meet you and he wants to supply. Not not manner of yesterday, but the manner of today. Not the bread that someone else had had. This is your fresh bread today that he brings down. And there's a need here today for the living God to come and touch someone's life. You see, there's a need in your street of people who are desperately in need of the living God to come along and do something and touch their lives. There's a wilderness of need, and God wants to supply that need. He meets our felt needs before he meets our real need. That's where he touches our lives. And so today I want to suggest to you that the journey of growth to that next level starts that we come to God with our need. And he says, let me reach and touch you at that place of need. But the second level, so once we've come to that place, he doesn't want us to stay there. He doesn't want us to stay at the ATM, pulling out the money and saying, I've got another need, I've got another need, I've got another need. He wants us to go to the next level because he says, you just came and followed me because of what I can give you, but I want to tell you there's more. You see, we, we come to God, uh, please give it. Great, good, I've got that. Thanks God, I'm off again and I go and live my own way. But He says, that's just the starter. That's just the entree. That's, he wants to give us more. And He says, I want to take you to a place of not just in the wilderness of needs because I want to pray for you today if you've got needs. But He wants to take us to the next place. You see, the next place is to understand who our source is to know the source of the need. He doesn't just want the need met. He wants you to discover the source. See, after all our ancestors ate... Oh, sorry, next level. Sorry, I've gone to the next... You know, He says, Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives you life. To the work, his life to the world moses didn't do it but god but dad did it god did that he is your source god doesn't just want you to have your needs met he wants you to know the source he wants you to discover the person jesus says this at one stage he says you know your dads they'll give you good things won't they um, I mean, if, if you ask for um, something, he's not going to give you a snake. He's going to give you the good stuff. Well, so much more. Your heavenly Father wants to give you what? The Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's the third person of the Trinity. And he doesn't just want to give this airy fairy... Holy Spirit is a person that has personality and he wants the Holy Spirit to live in you. I want to tell you that today, we, church desperately needs a re-engagement with the person of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit wants to live in us. That's Christ in us. He's given you that. There's an old story way back, i probably got it wrong and I'll change it around, that's okay, I'm allowed to. It's only a story. But it was a story of a very wealthy, wealthy man. And he had a big estate, huge estate, and he, uh, he had a big family and he had a gardener. And the gardener was a really nice guy, had been with this man for many years, had done his garden. And every day the, the gentleman, the wealthy man, would go and wander his garden and usually would bump into the gardener and they would have a conversation. And they got to know each other and the gardener one day um, was looked a bit down and the gentleman said, look, what's wrong? He said, oh, just really struggling to pay my school fees for my son. And he said, but you know, that, that's my problem, well, I'll be able to do that. And the gentleman said, you leave that to me. Off, that. So the gentleman paid for this boy's schooling all the way through. Every day the, man would, the gentleman would come down and meet with the gardener and they would talk about the flowers and the gardens. And It got to the stage where the, the gentleman's wife had passed on and it was a pretty sad day in the family. And, but the family used to always come over mostly for mum, but not really for dad. The family grew up and got really busy and slowly separated from Dad unless they needed something, unless they needed a, something to help pay a loan. And Dad tried to be generous as much as he could, but the family just slowly disconnected from him. It got to the place where Dad now was, the gentleman was quite lonely and he decided to take up painting. And so he wasn't very good, but he did a bit of painting and he painted a self-portrait of himself. And it wasn't great, you know, it was, it was okay pretty better than mine, and he put it up on the wall over his mantelpiece and that was who he was. It got to the place where the gentleman died and all of a sudden the family, who had now been disconnected for many years, decided to turn up for their inheritance. So the lawyer comes along and he said, I'm going to call a special meeting oh. to give you your, to the inheritance. of read the will and testimony of this gentleman. The gardener came along because in the will it actually invited the gardener to be there because the gardener had become close to the gentleman. As they're reading out the will and testament, the family got a little bit annoyed because they said today um, the request of the gentleman was that he would actually auction off his possessions. And his first possession he wants to auction off is listed here Um, on these pieces of paper, so hands it all out. And everyone noticed that the picture, the self-portrait, was the first thing to be auctioned off. And so everyone's chucking up their bids, but actually no one chucked up a bid because no one really wanted it. It wasn't great. It wasn't a piece. It wasn't going to be worth anything. There's no value to it. It's just a very rough painting of himself. So the auctioneers coming down in price and coming down in price, and finally the gardener chucked up his hand. And he said, all I've got is this, but I would like that picture of the gentleman. And so the auctioneer was lower than the price that the auctioneer had put on it, but he said, okay, is there any bids higher than that? And uh, no other bids because no one really wanted it. And so the gardener got the picture, the self-portrait of the man. As they're handing this picture over to him, the lawyer got back up again and said, I need to read the next part of the Will and Testament you know what's going to happen. He said, the person who buys the, photo, the painting has all my estate. You see, the desire of the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of the gardener was not the wealth, it was the person. He wanted to remember the person. And in remembering the person, he got the estate. See, Jesus wants to give you himself. He wants us to know Him. He wants us to actually have the person of Christ in us, the bread of life. He wants to fill us with His Holy Spirit. You know, I was uh, born again uh, when I was, a long time ago. So in those times, I've seen church. It was in the time when the charismatic was starting to move into the church in Perth. I think River, uh, it was actually, wasn't Riverview at that stage, it was Rhema. Um, and there was this real move of the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately in those days, there was arguments about, well, is this really, you know, the Holy Spirit isn't for today? Um, the gifts aren't for today? And there was this argument about the Holy Spirit to the point where the topic of the Holy Spirit, which sounds crazy, started to divide Christians. Or is the Holy Spirit supposed to unite us? And then we got into this real move and I saw it happen in the 80s um, and you saw this real move, the Holy Spirit coming and churches starting to become charismatic and we all started lifting our hands and, uh, and we started to see the gifts. But the problem was that we all started to look at what's my gift? The gift became the focus. Am I a healer? Am I a preacher? Am I a prophet? Do I have the gift of tongues? I want the gifts. But I think today we've actually become so, so aware of the Holy Spirit that he becomes the quiet person sitting in the pews that we don't talk about or sometimes don't even call upon and sometimes I don't think we even know. And I think that's sad. We don't deny him, he's just become so familiar, we forget him. And yet the Holy Spirit is the provision of God in you he wants to be alive in us. I love the story. It's uh, back in, in the time of Jesus. where not the time of Jesus, the time of David. And they had the Ark of the Covenant, which was a box about so big and it was really heavy because it was all full of gold um, and it had a lot of stuff in it like the Ten Commandments and a few other things. And they had it, it was taken away and David wanted to bring it back into Jerusalem, into the place where the temple was going to be and he wanted to get it back. So they went to pick it up. They did it the wrong way. They dropped it. Not a good thing to do. And a couple of people carked it, right? They died because they shouldn't have touched it. And they did. So they decided, well, we're going to leave that here. And they left it in a guy's house called Obedead. Um, and it was in his house. No one was going to go near it. Now, imagine this thing is in his house. Kids, keep away from the box, <laughs> right? No one touch the box. You're going to die. I'm not kidding. This is not a threat. It will happen, right? It says so. That he and his whole family were impacted. Now just remember, this is the times where your family was your community. It wasn't just a four-bedroom house. The family was the whole community. And it says the whole community was impacted because of the presence of the Ark of the Covenant. Let me tell you, your family, your neighbours, your workplace are impacted because you're carrying not the Ark of the Covenant anymore, you are carrying the Holy Spirit, the person of the Spirit. You have the provision in you. And that's why it goes to the next point, and my final point, which actually says this. It says, not only know the source, but your provision The provision comes to you to provide through you. You see, you have the provision. You have the word of God. You have have the bread of life in you because of the Holy Spirit. But God wants it to flow through you, to impact the world around you. Your neighbours need the love of Jesus. Your neighbours need that touch. Your neighbours probably just found out that they're diagnosed with some terrible sickness. Your neighbours need your prayers. Your neighbours need you just to love on them. You know the greatest gift, Jesus said, I said it last week, is the gift of love. We want all the other stuff, but the greatest gift is love. Why is the greatest gift love? Because God is love, and that's your gift. And it's in you, and you are a carrier of that. It's not about Sunday mornings. It's about going out on Monday morning. And actually carrying the provision that you have in you to make a difference in the world. God's gonna move power. I I have a real, I've got this funny feeling, and I know that you've heard it before, but something's happening in the church in Perth. Something is happening. And it's like God is saying, I wanna get the church out into this world because right now, something's happening in this world. I have, I have no doubt global warming's happening because it says it in the Bible. It's going to happen. And sure, we should do all we can to stop it, not to reduce the, the, what's happening, but it's actually going to happen because the Bible says it was in these last days. And that's why I think God's saying, let's get the walls out and let's take the church into the world. Every day, being the provider. Can I ask you to stand up with me? And I want to pray. Just close your eyes for one moment. Because right now, as you're standing here in this place, I want to ask you the question. In your wilderness of need, have you actually asked the Father God to come and meet that need? You have not because you ask not. He, he turned a few loaves Into a whole banquet for 5,000 people. He can take your sickness, he can take your anxiety, he can take your fear. He can take that right now. And how do I know he can? Because he's done it for me and he's done it for many here. And right now, I want to ask, if you've got a need right now, you're in that wilderness of need. You're feeling lonely. You're feeling broken. You're feeling hurt. You're feeling worried. You're carrying the fear of this world and the anxiety of this world. Then I'm going to ask you, would you come and give it that need to Jesus? Because he wants to meet you at that need. He wants to touch that need. And if you're not a believer here today or listening on this podcast, then I'm going to ask you, would you be bold enough to come to Jesus with what you're carrying and ask him to meet it? Because I'm confident in a living God that says, I will meet you. Don't worry about anything, but I will supply all your needs according to the riches in glory. He says that, and I believe that. But I want to ask another question today for you who are believers have been walking for a long time, do you know, not just has Jesus provided for you, but is he your provision? Do you know the person of the Holy Spirit every day? Not just on Sundays when the music's playing, but every day. Is he walking with you? Is he speaking to you? If you do not know the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit has, has left the building in your life, if you once gave your life to Jesus and you sensed his presence, but you haven't sensed it for a while, then the Bible says, be ye being filled. It's a constant, Lord, fill me afresh with the one that provides the provision of myself but of the world around me. Holy Spirit, come upon me. Come upon me. Fill me afresh. We're going to see miracles, Lord God. But we're not going to do it. You're going to do it through us. You're going to do it through us. You will. Holy Spirit, come. If you're hungry for the Holy Spirit, just say, Holy Spirit, fill me now. Fill me now. Put your hands out and say, fill these empty hands. Fill me now. I need to know the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I once knew him, but now I don't. And I want the provision within me. I want the living bread in me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me. Fill me. let the Spirit just come upon you. Let the way maker come upon you. And then I'm going to ask now as you're doing that, if God puts someone on your heart that he's saying I want you to be I want you to be my, the provider for that I've given you the provision would you be the provider maybe a neighbor, maybe a friend, maybe a colleague that's come to your mind, maybe a child, maybe one of your kids, maybe your husband, maybe your wife, whoever it might be, God's putting that on your heart right now. Would you come and say, Lord, I want to be the one that goes and looks for the fishes. I want to be the one that goes for the bread. I want to be the one that's going to serve. Lord, would you glorify your name through me? And maybe you might bring that knee to Jesus today. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love you to join us for one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information about our great Elevate Kids and Elevate Youth environments, head to our website elevatechurch.me. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.